So the inflation rate kind of almost dropped off a cliff last month. A full percentage point drop. It went from 4.4% down to 3.4%. It's got to be good news, right? I don't know. It gets the trend heading down once again after what was a slight hiccup in April. It went up by a tenth of a point in April. But you know what happened? The Bank of Canada raised rates, right, and all that sort of stuff. So what's happening there? And more importantly, what's happening next month? Because there's a lot of expectation and a lot of anticipation that the Bank of Canada may raise rates one more time. Some say, ah, they might wait. They might wait a little longer. It might be September. Could be July. We don't know. And then what's, because not everything's coming down when it comes to inflation. So there's a lot happening there. It's kind of tough to, to figure it out. So let's see if we can get an expert to help us with that. We're going to chat with Moshe Lander now, who's an economist at Concordia University. Moshe, thank you for joining us. Appreciate your time, sir. Good morning. So we got a drop of one percent. That's that's pretty good. That's almost a twenty five percent drop in the in the flate of inflation. Uh, rate of inflation. Um, that that's good news, isn't it? It is good news. Uh, it's a little bit of a, a illusion, though. Uh, part of the reason why it fell so much is because we're now a year removed from when prices skyrocketed. Yeah. Uh, connecting to the Russian invasion, right? So prices have still risen uh, over the last 12 months. It's just that we're starting now from a higher base 12 months ago. So it looks like inflation is falling, but still... 3.4 is better than 4.4. And like you mentioned, the, the the Russian invasion, and this was right about the time a year ago where energy prices went bananas and, and gas prices shot up. And they're saying much of the drop in the inflation that we saw in Canada is based on energy prices, right? That's where the focus is. And that's exactly it, right? So because inflation is generally showing over the last 12 months, then as the 12 months that you're looking at changes, the the picture changes with it, right? If we were to say, let's take a look at where prices are now relative to, say, two years ago, we might be looking at a slightly different story about what inflation is. But yeah, that that's essentially the what went up then has now come back down or at least stabilized a bit. So again, it doesn't look like there's the same amount of inflationary pressure, even though Canadians are paying more now than they were 12 months ago. Exactly, yeah, and especially if you go to the grocery store. I don't. Do you have any idea what's happening there, Moshe? I mean, it's still nine percent the rate of inflation when it comes to food prices in this country. I mean, it's not budging. Everything else seems to be loosening up a little bit, but not food. Yeah, so one element that we could argue is that part of it's being driven by continued supply chain disruptions, and that's been behind a lot of the trouble that we've been seeing in in Canada. But part of it, too, is that the uh, grocery industry suffers from an extreme lack of competition, and something that was pointed out in a report released by the Competition Bureau yesterday, uh, but that's throughout the entirety of the supply chain. Anybody in, in Alberta is probably shopping at one of three major different uh, grocery stores, uh, but start looking back at who's supplying those stores and who's supplying those suppliers. Not a lot of competition out there, and that gives them a lot of room to increase prices uh, and take advantage of the opportunity that there is a lack of competition. Okay, I don't want to head off into the ditch here, but you bring something up, and I was chatting with uh, the Calgary Morning team about this this morning, because we always hear about competition. I don't care if you're talking about cell service, you're talking about airlines, you're talking about grocery stores. It seems to be uh, a Canadian issue, and why we struggle so much with so many different areas. What What is it with competition in Canada? Is it just that there's not many of us? Yeah, and it's not just that there's not many of us, it's that there's not many of us spread across right. a landmass that is enormous, right? So uh, if you're running then, you know, a cell phone company, you can't just cover the major cities, right? The, the smaller ones have tried that, it doesn't work. You have to have 
coast to coast to coast network. Same thing then with groceries, right? It's not just that you can serve uh, the major cities. You have to serve every rural community extending for hundreds, if not thousands of kilometers up into the north. And when you start figuring out the logistics cost behind that, a lot of companies just can't cut it. They they can't build up the necessary scale to do it. So uh, it plagues us even with, with services where, you know, six banks dominate this country. It, it's the nature of being Canadian uh, with our geography, with yeah. our climate, and with our population. Yeah, you, you're so. I mean, even if you want to try and open like a, a any kind of enterprise, if, you, if you're going to open it up in a, in a city of, you know, Six million people versus, you know, Edmonton. We think of Edmonton as a big city. It's not even a million people. It's it, just in terms of scale of economics, we don't compare it to a lot of a lot of other places around the world. It's an entirely different game. And and we saw that in fact come up recently, right? People in Edmonton were particularly upset that Taylor Swift is not going to come yeah. to town, right? So you know, again, from the logistics, if you're going to uh, bring Taylor Swift to town, think about all of the trucks that have to move, all of the equipment to make that happen. Uh, Edmonton, even if it's a million people, it's a geographically isolated a million people. Right. Uh, you take away Calgary from the story, and what's the next closest city? Right, Vancouver. Winnipeg, if you're going to come up from the U.S., what's the next closest city? Seattle, yeah. San Francisco, Denver. It, so any company that's looking at that is saying that even if we take into account there's a million people, it's a million people stuck in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> exactly, and, yeah. And, and that makes them say that, you know what, it's just not worth it uh, because we, we just don't even see a way that that Tim Hortons truck is going to be able to go from stop to stop to stop and justify it. Uh, yeah. it, it really hinders competition in this country. Yeah, absolutely. It makes perfect sense. Okay, so now back to the inflation and what it means for the Bank of Canada. We had a pause on rates for a while. Uh, we saw the tick up in April. They responded by upping rates again. What are you thinking for July? Some people say we'll see another increase. Other people say no, nah, it might not be till the fall. So let me preface it by saying that when we spoke before the June meeting, I said, I don't think they're going to increase it in June. They can wait till July, and they went ahead and increased it in June. So I'm going to admit that I was wrong on that one. I'm going to say now that I don't think they're going to increase it in July. I think they're going to wait to September. Uh, the, the fall in inflation was helpful enough that... Uh, that maybe will convince Canadians that, yes, the worst is over, inflation is coming down, it's going to hit the 2%, uh, and increasing interest rates right now um, would reinforce the idea that we are going to see inflation come down, but it's just risking uh, too many mortgages resetting uh, with an even higher interest rate. So give it six weeks, see if there's any compelling data that says, yeah, we really need to move. Uh, and uh, let's welcome people back in the fall with a, a nice Labor Day surprise. You mentioned compelling data. We talk about the inflation rate, and that seems to be the that's the big one. But there's other factors too, right? When they determine what they're going to do with interest rates, it's not just the inflation rate. They're looking at other things, for sure. So they're looking at the labor market. So if the labor market continues to remain tight, and tight means that unemployment is low, and lots of jobs are being created, and we're talking about lots of job shortages that are existing. Uh, that means that at some point you would expect that wages are going to start to increase. And if wages start to increase rapidly, then that itself is going to become a source of inflation because businesses are going to need to pass on those higher input prices in the form of higher output prices. So if the Bank of Canada continues to see that the labor market is tight, and they say that's a check mark against the economy and therefore a reason to increase interest rates, they'd also want to keep an eye on uh, you know, GDP, although we're not going to get that sort of uh, indicator before the next meeting. But if the economy continues to grow strongly, and the most recent numbers suggest that it was, forget recession, it was growing at an above average rate, 
uh, that itself can also be a source of inflation. So they're going to keep an eye on that and see what's happening uh, in the real economy as well. Uh, if they see that there are things that are suggesting that the economy is continuing to overheat, consumers are continuing to spend, debts continuing to accumulate, uh, then all of those things would suggest that they're going to need to increase interest rates to rein in that part of the economy. Uh, last one, and then I'll let you go. Uh, with disinterest rates, we know that can have a direct impact on the loonie and what we see in terms of exchange rate. And we've seen a bit of a bump there. Um, what do you anticipate could, you know, because the United States, they're now into their pause. We'll wait and see what's happening with the Federal Reserve. So, I mean, if we do go up more, are we going to get to a point where we we'll actually see our dollar getting, I mean, not, I'm not talking about parity here, but uh, well <laughs> off the bottom where it's been for a while now? Yes. So if the markets start to believe that an interest rate increase is coming, then they'll start to price that in and we'll see the dollar get stronger. If they decide that, yeah, it's not going to happen this time around, it might fall. But as long as they believe there's an interest rate increase somewhere in the near future, that's good news for the loony. Excellent. Okay. Moshe, good stuff as always. I appreciate you being here, sir. No worries. I'll be in Alberta for the rest of the summer. So hopefully we can do this in person at some point. too. Hey, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, it'd be great. Thanks, Moshe.